This, this message is going to be uh, broadcast on Easter morning. And I remember as a young child going to, first we'd start with sunrise service, and then we would go to the early service, and then we would go to Sunday school, and then we would have breakfast, and then we would go to the early later service, and then we would go to the noon service. And we would spend a whole day on Easter going to services, worshiping and singing up from the grave he arose. I loved Easter because I loved those songs. They were lively. They had life. But you know, in all those years that I was there, I never understood the resurrection. Never understood it. And I'm going to bring it to you today like you have maybe never seen it before. But I tell you what, Easter now to me is every single day. Every day is Easter in my house. Every day Jesus raised from the dead. And I'm going to show you the resurrection like you may have never seen it. If you will go with me to 2 Corinthians, first, uh, chapter 13. Years ago when I came to Water of Life and God first started ministering to me about the gospel, I heard a song and it was popular at that time on the radio. And one of the verses was, his most awesome work was done in the frailty of his son. And I remember one day singing that with the music on the radio and I went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus was never frail. I said, show me chapter and verse. I got upset at the song. I said, I'm never singing you again. This is a lie. But you know what? It's in here. It's in here. If you ask God, okay, show me chapter and verse. Oh, God knows how many times I've said that. You know what? If it's in the word, I'll work to believe it. First Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. A remarkable statement. A wonderful statement. It says, for though he was crucified... Through weakness. Through weakness. What do you mean Jesus was crucified through weakness? Jesus was the world's strongest man. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But you got one thing right there. He was a man. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to go to verse 21. First, since by man, since by man came death. Since by man came death. That man was Adam. Do you know you're from Adam? Do you know your great, 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 great grandfather Adam sinned and we all died? We all died. Since by one man came death, by man. Look at that word, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Hallelujah. By man also came the resurrection of the dead. Jesus, to bring the resurrection to us, to get back, to give us back what Adam left, took away from us. Adam's rebellion, we lost life. We lost walking with God. We lost that relationship with God. And since Adam was a man to bring it back, a man had to bring it back. And Amen. Jesus, loving us enough, and the Father so loving us, Jesus came as a man. Jesus came as a man. He did not come with any of his powers. In uh, Philippians 2, it says that we have the, let's have the mind that was in Jesus, who, being with God and equal with God, gave up all his heavenly ability, all his godly ability. Jesus was at one time a God. John 1, 1, I love it. Amen. It says that the word was God, 
and the word was with God. That means there was two. You know, you don't say there was a cat and he was with a cat. That doesn't make one cat. That makes two cats. He was a cat. He was with a cat. You learned that in first grade. That meant there were two cats. Well, guess what? The word of God, the word was God, and the word was with God, and there were two gods, and one of them, one of them, Jesus gave up all his godly ability and became a man, became a man. Why? Because by man came death. The only way to get resurrection back, to get resurrection to us, the only way to forgive our sins, the only way to heal us, the only way to reconcile us to the Father was to become a man. Why? You can't kill God. Amen. You can't kill a God, and God, a God cannot carry sin. And this one had to carry your sin. For you to get back and be reconciled to God, somebody had to carry your sin, and a God can't do it. No, Jesus was not half God and half man. You can't put sin on a God, and a God can't die. Jesus had to die in your place, in my place, for us. So he had to leave it in heaven, and he had to become a man. Now, let's go to Isaiah 53, and let's see what went into the grave and what, went, uh, what died and what went into the grave so we can understand what came out of the grave. Uh, Isaiah chapter 53, I'm going to begin in verse 4. This is Jesus on the cross. Remember, by man came death. By man came the resurrection of the dead. And the only way the resurrection can come is you've got to die first. Jesus had to die to be resurrected. He had to die. That's why he had to be a man. All right. Verse 4. Surely this man on the cross, surely, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Why? So that you don't have to have them. So that you don't have to carry them. So that you don't have to be sick and you don't have to be in pain. He did it for you. He said, surely he has borne our sickness and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. That man on the tree, that man on the tree. No, he was not a superman. Amen. He had a body and a soul like you and I. Oh. Hebrews 10 said, for God has prepared me a body, prepared me a body. And he had a soul like us. You know how you know he had a soul like us? He was tempted. He was tempted. Ever been tempted? Amen. Jesus was tempted in all parts. You can't tempt God. You can't tempt a God. They cannot be tempted. It says so in the word. Jesus was tempted. He became just like you and just like you. He was put on the cross as a man. Amen. He, as in weakness, he was crucified. What was that weakness? He was just like us. It was the soul of a man and the body of a man that was crucified. Thank God, by death, 
came, uh, by man came death, by a man came the resurrection. And to be resurrection, he had to die as a man. And he died in your place. He died in my place. And he died just like we would have died if we had been put on the cross. We had died in pain. He was in pain. He was in excruciating pain. He was tortured, and he was tortured for us. Now, verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, uh, our, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, the punishment for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And you will see in this next verse something very marvelous, something wonderful, something you can praise God for. Because that man on the tree hung there by nails. And by this time, every bone is beginning to dislocate. A man's body is dislocating. A man's soul is feeling the pain. A man doesn't want to be there, but he's there for you. He went willingly. He had to pray in the garden because his soul didn't want to go. But now he's on the cross and he's doing it willingly for you. For you. And when he went to the cross, when he was arrest, arrested, I was telling God, uh, Dole this morning, I was sitting on the edge of the bed praying, just considering about the resurrection. And God made a wonderful statement to me. Amen. He said, when Jesus was arrested, they arrested an innocent man. Amen. They arrested an innocent man. When they came to get Jesus, when, Jesus oh, when Judas betrayed him, they arrested an innocent man. But Jesus didn't die an innocent man. Hallelujah. Do you hear that? Jesus didn't die an innocent man. No, he didn't, folks. Jesus didn't die an innocent man. What are you saying? You're looking at me. I can see your faces. Whoa, your back's gone up. Your hair's straightened out a little bit, and you're looking at me. What do you mean Jesus didn't die an innocent man? Look at verse 6. All we like sheep, that includes you, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord, and the Lord Jehovah, God, laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. That man on the tree that was arrested an innocent man, God put what you did, your sin, my sin, our iniquity, in and on Jesus. Laid it on him on the cross. Laid our sin on Jesus. Our sin our sin, my sin, your sin went on that body. The Father took it from you and he put it on Jesus. And it did not just hang on him like pretty little ornaments on a Christmas tree. He took it into his soul and Jesus died. Uh, Jesus died the world's worst sinner. Jesus died in your place, and he had your sin in him. And Jesus did not die an innocent man. He died a sinner. Jesus died a man 
that was with God, that left it all and came down to be just like us, to die for us, died a murderer, died a thief, died a child molester, died a liar, died an adulterer, died an extortioner, and any other sin you wish to make up that you've done went on that body, went on Jesus, and it went into his soul. He could not even look at the Father. He couldn't look up because of the sin in him. And you know what happened when God put that sin on Jesus? You know what Jesus said? Now remember, he's hanging there as a man for you. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why did did the Father forsake his only son? Because he had your sin on him. Because Jesus became you. Now, We've got a dead man in the grave with all the sin of the world on him. You say, are you sure about that? You know what John the Baptist said? Behold the lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. Guess what? That was your sin he was taken away. And Jesus died a sinner. Now, where do sinners go? They go to hell. They go to hell. Sinners go to hell, folks. And Jesus had to go to hell for you. Turn with me to Psalm 18. This is Jesus. And he's in hell. And why is he in hell? He's paying for you and I sin. Oh, that thing that keeps us awake at night, what we've done. What a fool we have been. Guess what? Jesus paid for it in hell. If you will believe these words, if you will trust what God has done for you, you can get rid of that feeling and it'll never bother you again. Why? Because what you did is on the body of Jesus and it went to hell for you. Go with me to verse 4. This is Jesus in hell. It says, The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. I've had people say, oh, no, Jesus didn't go to hell. He went to Hades. He was hanging out in paradise. Oh, yeah? How come he says here the floods of ungodly men made me afraid? You're not going to find ungodly men in paradise, folks. It says the sorrows of death compassed me. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows, the cords of hell compassed me. The snares of death prevented me. Our Jesus could not get out of hell. Why? Because he was a man. Because he was a man. He went to hell paying for your sins as a man. Not as a God. You can't kill God. God cannot pay for sin. He cannot hold sin. Jesus was a man like you, and he was paying for you as a man. Now, he is in hell. The stars of hell compassed me about. The snares of the hell prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried unto my God. Three days, Jesus was in hell, and he was in hell with your sin and my sin. He was in hell with sickness and disease. That body was laying in a grave with every sickness and every disease on it. He was paying for our poverty. He was paying for our security. He was paying for our curses. He was paying for our safety. He was paying for you. And you know what the wonderful thing is? Go back with me to Isaiah 53. You know what the wonderful thing is about this? This Easter morning, God did it to him on purpose. Amen. Go with me to Isaiah 53, verse 10. 
the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the father that loved us so much to send Jesus, did it to him on purpose. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It made God happy that Jesus was in hell. It made God happy that Jesus gave it all up and became a man like us. It made God happy that Jesus took your sin and paid for it. Why? So you don't have to. That's how much he loves you. So you don't have to. That's how much he loves you. Do you know if you read John 17, he loves you just as much as he loved Jesus. Suck on that for a while. All right, verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Now has made his soul an offering for sin. Jesus didn't die an innocent man. He died the world's worst sinner. You know, he died for the sins of genocide. He died for the mass murderers. He died for the lowest of the low. He died for you. It says he has put him to grief. That means he made him sick. Now shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And this next verse, the Father, Jehovah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, shall see the travail of Jesus' soul. And the third day, the third day, he was satisfied. He was satisfied for what Jesus was doing for you and I. He was satisfied with Jesus suffering the wages of sin is death, and Jesus was paying. And the third day, he was satisfied. And by him, um, it says, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. And his knowledge, my righteous servant, shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquity. And as a result, of the Father being satisfied, the next verse, therefore, 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 God went and got him. God went and raised Jesus from the dead. Now, you know what the marvelous thing is about God raising Jesus from the dead? Therefore, I'm satisfied. It is enough. Do you know to get that man, to get that man out of hell, he had to forgive your sin. He had to forgive your sin. The God of heaven and earth could not get Jesus out of hell unless he forgave your sin. He could not pull Jesus out of the grave if your sin wasn't forgiven. He couldn't. He couldn't. Jesus was a man. He had to forgive all of us to get Jesus out of there, and he did. And when he put that Jesus Back in his body, every sickness and disease had to be healed or Jesus wasn't going to get out of the grave. Jesus had to walk out of the grave. And to do that, the power that raised Jesus from the dead had to heal every sickness and every disease. And he had to make us prosperous. And he had to be our security. And he had to be our safety. And he had to forgive us. And he had to justify us. And he had to redeem us with that blood. And when he did, when he did, Jesus' eyes opened. He sat up and he walked out of the grave. Walked out. And you were forgiven. You were justified when Jesus walked out of that grave. You were healed when Jesus walked out of that grave. You were made rich when Jesus walked out of that grave. He was paying for you. 
He wasn't paying for Jesus. He was paying for you. And when he walked out, you walked out with him. If you will believe. If you will believe. If you will believe what Jesus did for you, all the things that Jesus bought for you will manifest in front of your very eyes and you will walk in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. But you have to believe. You have to believe it. You have to look at it. You have to put it in your heart. You have to seek after it. You have to go after it. You have to pray. You have to read. You have to believe. And the first thing you have to do is be born again. The first thing you got to do is the same spirit that came out of that grave has to go in you so that that spirit can lead you to the life that Jesus bought for you, that Jesus got you when he walked out of the grave. Now, at the end of the program, Doyle will lead you to be born again. Jesus said, you must be. You must be. You must be born again. None of this will work in you unless you are born again. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.